Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled The Death of Ishbosheth. It shall be focused on the study of 2 Samuel chapter 4. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we read and see how distraught David was to hear of the news of the death of Saul's son, and even how he had his young men take the lives of those that had killed him, we see the genuineness of David and how he never rushed ahead of your vision. He had respect unto your anointed, and even though he was a mighty man of valor, fighting many wars and conquering the enemies, he had a respect for life, and he had a respect for the right and moral way of doing things. So Lord, give us a heart like David, of following your will in all things. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Samuel chapter 4. Chapter 4 And when Saul's son heard that Abner was dead in Hebron, his hands were feeble, and all the Israelites were troubled. And Saul's son had two men that were captains of bands. The name of the one was Baana, and the name of the other Rechab, the sons of Rimmon, a Beerothite, of the children of Benjamin. For Beeroth also was reckoned to Benjamin. And the Beerothites fled to Gitaim, and were sojourners there until this day. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. And the sons of Rimmon the Beerothite, Rechab and Baana, went and came about the heat of the day to the house of Ishbosheth, who lay on a bed at noon. And they came thither into the midst of the house, as though they would have fetched wheat. And they smote him under the fifth rib. And Rechab and Baana his brother escaped. For when they came into the house, he lay on his bed in his bedchamber. And they smote him, and slew him, and beheaded him, and took his head, and gat them away through the plain all night. And they brought the head of Ishbosheth unto David to Hebron, and said to the king, Behold the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul thine enemy, which sought thy life. And the Lord hath avenged my lord the king this day of Saul and of his seed. And David answered Rechab and Baana his brother, the sons of Rimmon the Beerothite, and said unto them, As the Lord liveth, who hath redeemed my soul out of all adversity? When one told me, saying, Behold, Saul is dead, thinking to have brought good tidings, I took hold of him and slew him in Ziklag. Who thought that I would have given him a reward for his tidings? How much more when wicked men have slain a righteous person in his own house upon his bed? Shall I not therefore now require his blood of your hand and take you away from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they slew them, and cut off their hands and their feet, and hanged them up over the pool in Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth, and buried it in the sepulchre of Abner in Hebron. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, To Whom Would We Go? This was preached in 1960 on June the 6th. We'll begin at paragraph 122 up to paragraph 204. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. I was a little boy 
we didn't have many clothes. And we used to dare each other who would be the last one to jump in a hole of water. We'd all run back out to the old swimming hole. Well, I can tell you one thing. I was the first one in because I had the least clothes to take off. I just had a pair of overhauls and had an old fodder twined across it with a, with a nail in it. Yes, sir. And I'd run, we'd all be running each other. We had to take off shoes and things and take off a shirt and maybe an undershirt. I didn't have to fool with that. Only thing I'd done to run this hard as I could and pull that nail and jump right in. <laughs> That's all. I was in. And they'd always depend on me finding out how the water was. Well, if I held up one finger, that minute was cold. Don't come in, boys. Take your time. Just a shiver. But if I held up two fingers, the water was fine. Boy, our clothes went to flying every way and kids jumping in. I'll tell you tonight, you just never received the Holy Ghost. I got up two fingers. Brother, it's fine. The water's a warm. Come on in. Lay off all the old self-righteousness and all the old yesterdays and the old parties and the old friendships of all long ago. Sinful life and lay it on the bank and jump into that fountain filled with blood gone from Emmanuel's veins. Where sinners plunge beneath the blood, lose all their guilty stain. You'll never regret it. Oh, wash all my sins away. Ever since by faith I saw that stream thy flowing wounds supplied. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save when this poor lispering, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. Every promise in the book is yours. Whosoever will, let him come. Come. Everybody's invited. The promise isn't to you and to your children. Find out. It's really fine. Yes, sir. The part Peter said at the day of Pentecost, the promise isn't to you and to your children and to them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Those scriptures of private interpretation, that meant whosoever will let him come. The last book in the Bible said whosoever will let him come, and he that will take away or add to, the same shall be taken out of the book of life for him. We don't want to take anything away from it or add anything to it, but invite everybody, whosoever will may come. Don't let someone tell you these promises for another age. This promise is for right now. This promise is good now. It's for whosoever will. Maybe you don't know. You, you haven't tried it yet. You've been so close to it and wouldn't know what it was. You can be close that way. Now to these people at Jeffersonville, I'm going to give you an invitation, you especially. Been seeking the Holy Ghost down there for quite a little bit. We brought a, woman, a boy up on the road baptizing some people last night in my church. Come down to the baptistry and wanted to use it. One of my boys that went out and established a tabernacle. I guess Brother Ruddle may be here tonight. He brought 19 down last night to be baptized. And when these people had never heard anything about the Holy Ghost, I preached Saturday night and they come to the altar and got saved. And last night when they pulled the curtains and they brought some woman in there and as soon as they baptized her, she come out of that water speaking in tongues just as hard as she could come. Oh, you ought to have heard that. Everybody come right over there and them people up there said, what does that mean? I said, if this ain't that, I'll just keep this till that comes. Well, this is that which is spoke of by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days, saith God. I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and upon my handsmaids and maidservants. Well, I pour out of my spirit and I'll show signs in the heavens above and in the earth below. God is calling. God is moving. We're at the end of the road. We're at the end of time. Time is at the end. I can prove that to you, brother, that when it's going to be, I don't know. But it may be before morning. It may be in the next hour. It may be in the next five minutes. Whatever it is, it's near at hand. There's nothing else to happen but the coming of the Lord Jesus. 
The church is rallying itself, getting itself together, shaking itself. Did you ever see such a stirring amongst the people? Sure, something's fixing to happen. The coming of the Lord. The whole earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. The nature out of which man is given the domain. When God made man, first when he made him, he was called El Elah Elohim, which means a self-existence one. But when he was called Jehovah in the next chapter, nor he had made something, give man, which had a domain over the earth. He was God. He was a God of the earth. The man was. Jesus said, didn't they call Why do you condemn me? They call them to whom the word, in your own law, who the word come to, gods. He said, if I call myself the son of God, and they are the gods you say, who the word come to, the prophets, then how can you condemn me by saying I'm the son of God? Sure, the whole world is waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus when man will again take the domain on the earth here and all trees and everything else will live and all animal life and everything else waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, brother, this, they say life begins at 40. That's a lie. Life begins at the altar. That's where life begins. Eternal life when you come to that Jesus Christ. Every promise is yours. It's all yours. It's to you. Maybe you haven't searched it. Maybe you haven't looked down to find out where their promise is for you. You can't come and receive the Holy Ghost unless you really believe you're going to get it. Why, God's more anxious for you to get it than you are to receive it. More anxious. He wants you to have it. It's yours. It's your personal property. He sent Jesus to die that he might bring you to himself. That he, he might have something to worship him. When he was El, El, Elohim, he was by himself. But in him was attributes. And attributes was to be a father. Was to be God. Was to be worshipped, was to be a healer, was to be a savior, and all these things. You, your life displays them attributes. As soon as you come to Him, you become His son. You worship Him. It's what He really was to be. What He made you to do. Your purpose here is to worship God, and you cannot worship Him correctly till you worship Him in spirit and in truth. Saint John four. That's what Jesus told the woman. The Father's seeking such that'll worship Him in spirit and in truth. First, get the truth. Foundationally right. Jesus Christ is the only way to come. Not by shaking hands, joining church. That's good. Shake hands, sure. Join church, sure. But that's not it. Come to the foundation first. Lay yourself upon Him. And then after you've received Him, then shake the pastor's hands and join the church. That's right. After you've done these things, but get started right first. Get headed right. Like David with his slingshot, he had to head that rock right first. So you got to take aim. you got to zero in. And if you want to zero in, put it on Christ Jesus, for he's the way, the truth, the light, the foundation. All of it is for you. Here some time ago, a woman here in the United States, poor old thing was so poverty stricken. They wondered what they'd do about her. And finally, they sent the charity up to see what they could do for her. And when they come to her, they investigated and found out she was real poor and had nothing to eat and sold all of her furniture. And she was in a terrible shape. And they said, haven't you got any children? She said, yes, sir, I have one son. Well, I said, where's that son at? said, he's in India. And said, uh, he's a businessman over in India. Well, I said, why can't he take care of you? Oh, she said, I'll tell you. You know how mothers are. said, he's such a darling boy. said, he writes me the sweetest letters that you ever read. And said, and he, he writes me such sweet letters, I can't ask him for any help. said, I just couldn't do it. He tells me, darling mother, how are you getting along and things like that. said, I I just hate to tell him. And so I know he'd do anything to help me. He said, then he sends me some of the prettiest pictures I ever seen. And he said, sent you what? Pictures? said, yeah. So what kind of pictures? She said, wait a minute, I'll tell you. I've got them in my Bible. I've been saving them for two or three years. And she went back to the Bible and began to bring them out. You know what it was? 
She's worth tens of thousands of dollars. Them is India money orders with pictures on them. She didn't know what it was all about, but she found them in her Bible. She was rich and didn't know it. Dying of hunger, dying of starvation, and, and up against charity because that she didn't know what she had. And sometimes it may be that way with many people tonight. You don't realize the joy unspeakable and full of glory. You don't know the power, the everlasting life. You don't know how rich you are until you go to looking in here and finding out that those promises that was given to those apostles was given to whosoever will let him come. That is right. It's all yours freely. Would you like to receive it? Would you like to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Be saved, your sins under the blood, fill with the Holy Ghost, be baptized in the Spirit, and a translating power in your heart, go up to meet Him in the air, go out of this building night with that blessed assurance, if a car runs over you, what difference does it make? My, doesn't we just change this old house for a brand new one? So, it's moving from an old broke up man or woman to a young one that'll never die. It's going to a place where there's no yesterday and no tomorrow, it's all today. You're there with somebody that's the same yesterday, day, and forever. The I am, the eternal, and you're eternal with him. And there you are, never to be old, never to be sick, never to have a heartache, never to have any disappointments. There you are. It's just exchanging this for that. Now listen, my friend. If you die without the spirit of life in you, you cannot go to that place. Listen, as I said in the beginning, death does not change your spirit. It only changes your dwelling place. I was teaching on that a few nights ago. Now, to come to this subject, on word that Saul, when he had backslid on God, and the year of the thunder wouldn't answer him, neither would a prophet prophesying could answer him. He couldn't even have a dream from the Lord. And he went out and had the witch of Endor to call the spirit of Samuel. And Samuel had been dead 19 years. I just looked it up to find out for sure. He had been dead 19 years. And when the witch of Endor called the spirit of Samuel... He hadn't changed his appearance. He was still standing there thin with the mantle on his shoulder. Not only that, he hadn't changed his life any. He was still the same Samuel and he was still a prophet. Oh, you say, now that's kind of shady. That, that, that was the witch of Endor. Well, the Bible said it was Samuel. How about Mount Transfiguration when Moses had been dead 800 years in an unmarked grave? How about that? How about Elijah? They went home in a chair about 500 years before that. And there they were standing there so real till they recognized them. And they had a human body and they were talking to the Son of God. Hallelujah. God bless your heart, brother. Let me tell you, you've got to have life to go there. Without life, you cannot rise. You take a seed and put it in the ground and let a little bug got into that seed and kill a germ in that seed, it'll never rise. It's exactly right. But if you can keep that bug out of it, it's got a heart. It's got something in it. It'll rise just as sure as the atmosphere gets right around it. And that it is tonight. If you've got the least desire in your heart to receive God, to receive the Holy Spirit, let get in the right atmosphere, the right mood before God, and life will come into you just as sure. And you'll start rising to translation. Oh, I know what we receive here is it's a shadow of the shadows of the shadows. But when you die, the shadow becomes a shadow of the shadow to the shadow to the sprinkle to the moisture to the branch to the lake to the... Oh, my, go right on into the eternal presence. Then you're there forever. Could you turn down such an opportunity as that? What achievement could you make any greater investment could you make than to achieve Jesus Christ as your Savior? What more could you do than receive the Holy Spirit tonight, the very Spirit that He was baptized with Himself, to be upon you? The same Spirit that raised Him up on the third day has promised to raise you up at the last day. Amen. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Let's bow our heads now for a word of prayer. 
How many in here tonight that doesn't know him as a Savior? Say, Brother Branham, I built my house upon just like Mexico did their city. Or that contractor in New York had built that building. It only was for one purpose. He climbed to the top of it and jumped out. When he found out, he'd lost everything he had because he wasn't on the solid foundation. What will it be in your death when you found out that you've just joined church, that you put your name on a book somewhere? You thought you were all right, but still living on with that temper and sin, the things of the world, you still love it. If you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. Why, why take a chance on that, friend? Let's settle it tonight. I want every sinner that's in here to come up here and stand here just a minute for a word of prayer before we go farther in the service. Will you come? Let every sinner that's in the building, while we're praying, Christians praying. Sinner friend, come here just a moment. Come here. Just do that much. Show that you, you believe in God. Believe that you want to do it. You want to be built up on the... You want to get started right. Come right here and shake my hand. Just come here. God bless you, ladies. Someone else come now. Come on. Every sinner, I want you to come right up here just a minute. I want to talk to you just right here at the altar. On the outside, wherever you are, come right on. God bless you. Come now. As I said to these women, these four women, there might have been a lot of great things they might have done in life. This is the greatest thing they've ever done. You've started right now. One time in life you've pointed right. You might have done, a, might have done many other things that were good and boil and everything, but it won't last. Someday it'll go away. You'll go out of the memory of the people. But now you're coming now because that you believe and you're coming to stand on the rock Christ. This is the greatest thing you've ever done. The greatest achievement you've ever made is when you're coming to accept Jesus. Let every other sinner come, will you? Come stand here just a moment. We just want to have a word of prayer together. I just want to come pray with you. Will you come? Young or old? Come right ahead. God bless you. Someone else? Get right up and come. Come, young lady. That's right. Just come here. It won't hurt a thing. You come here. You're sure not going to do wrong. That's it. God bless you, my brother. Come on, sinner friend. While we're waiting just a moment, let's sing softly. Now there is a fountain filled with blood. There is
now while we're keeping quietly for a moment. How many in here has not received the Holy Ghost? And you want to receive it. You mean business with God. You say, Lord, I've come to the way. I've accepted you as my Savior. But I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now I know that it takes that translating life in me. Except the man be born again of this water and spirit, he can no wise enter in. Now there's plenty of water out here on the bank. Right here from the bank to the river. And there's plenty of ministers. Now we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be born again. Come now while we sing this next verse. Everyone who wants the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come stand right here with me just a moment with these, your penitent people. I want you to come and stand for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A dying thief rejoice to see to be sure that every seeker comes I got standing before me tonight a lovely little brother a Methodist preacher come up here with me to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost brother Collins once you get it tonight this is the hour amen his brother is one of the outstanding Methodists in the fields today I want him to receive the Holy Ghost so he can go tell his brother what joy it is how much different it is after you're born again. <clears throat> I believe it's tonight, Brother Collins. This is the hour. This is the time. Is there any more? Now, if you're seeking the Holy Spirit, this is the time to start. Don't let it go over the top of your head. Come right down. It's simple, little simple preaching like that. You know what it means. Come on now. This is a place. The foundation, the way, the truth, the light, the only achievement... The only happiness, you've never known happiness till you get this. This is it. These sinner people stand here now who are confessing their sins. They're going into, I want them going with them to receive the Holy Ghost. They have been baptized, a lot of preachers around here, plenty of water. So we'll see that everything is ministered just as properly as we know how to minister it in Christian works as we can. And you take the church of your choice, go somewhere where they preach the gospel and believe in the word of God, believe in the coming of Christ your choice oh my this is what in a few nights I want to tell you what happened to me then you'll realize why I'm doing this when I seen a woman that threw her arms around me she looked to be about 18 I looked back down to where my body was sitting I looked up here and looked at her and she called me her brother I said I don't get that said she is past 90 when she led her to Christ Past 90, and there she was back young to be forever. No wonder she was saying, my darling brother. That burned my heart. You're standing tonight, friends, 
reaching for the Spirit of God. It's a reach of all of you. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make a congregational prayer right here for you. Then we're going over in this little room where the brethren's got ready, right around there. We're coming in there, whole groups of us, and we're going to pray until you receive the Holy Ghost. That's all. That's what we're here for. Is that right, brother? Yes. That's what the meeting is here for. All right. Let us bow our heads now. Now, to you with the Holy Ghost, you that's seeking the Holy Ghost, just keep it on your mind now. I'm going to pray for these ones that come up that wasn't Christians and wants to accept Christ as their Savior. I want to talk to them first, just for a moment. Jesus said in the Word, No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. John 5, 24. No man can come except he that heareth my words of me. Leaveth on him that sent me as the everlasting life. I'll raise him up at the last days. No man can come to me except the Father draws him. Something knocked at your heart. You rose up and stood to your feet. Walked down here at the aisle. Something draws you. Now let me give you what the scripture says. All that he foreknew, he's called. That was God calling you. Those who he has called, he has justified. And those who he has justified, he has glorified. Now you're in the stage of glorification the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Then go in the room there where they'll be seeking the Holy Ghost and God will pour out the Holy Spirit upon you and then you'll be filled with the Spirit. That'll give you power to live, live as Christians until the time of the restoration of all things when Jesus comes. Then you'll be taken up into glory with Him for that three and a half years and return to the earth for a millennium and then live with Him forever. Now let us pray for these people. And you now that's going to re- wants to receive the Holy Ghost, remember, blessed are ye that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you shall be filled. Now don't go in just to say, well, I'll, I'll go try it again. This is convention. We got six more nights in here. This is the hour to receive it. Go in there and stay there until you have received the Holy Ghost. You mean business with God, you that wants the Holy Ghost tonight? Raise up your hand if you're ready to die right now or receive the Holy Ghost. That's it. Do you women that stood here just a few minutes ago with this little boy along, and you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you want to accept Him as your Savior, you believe that He's called you to this altar tonight, raise up your hands. If you believe it, it was Jesus Christ that called you. Raise up. God bless you. That's right. He that will confess me before man, him will I confess before the Father and the holy angels. Now, we're going to make a congregational prayer while the people are waiting, and we're going back to a room here to herself, or we can be alone to pray. Let's bow our heads everywhere now. And every Christian, these are people that you'll spend forever with. I believe that many of you know me well enough to know if I'm a fanatic, I don't know it. Something happened the other morning. I'll tell you about it later in a week. I can never feel the same no more. And I, I know what visions are. Thousands of times it's happened. This was not a vision. I went somewhere. And since then, my heart has burned to get people to Christ. Oh, why? Every, every move I want to make is to get people to Christ. I want each one of you Christians to pray for these people. Each one of you while I pray. Heavenly Father, the first we bring to you is these women and this little boy tonight. They walked up here to this altar. As far as I know, maybe the only ones that was not saved on the grounds tonight. I trust if there was any more that they'll come to. But they have come out publicly. They want eternal life. 
And you have said, He that believeth on the Son has eternal life. And now they have come to confess what faith that they have, that they accept you as their personal Savior and believe that you will give them eternal life. Father God, I pray that you'll grant each one of them tonight the forgiveness of sins. May it be washed away in the bonds of Calvary. May they be forgiven of every sin. May they have peace like the river. May they have peace that only Christ can give. May these women go home to their husbands and to their children. This little boy to his papa and mama. A new creature, a new person, going home to live, to testify in the neighborhood, to be instruments to bring others to you. For we realize that we're at the end time and you're making your last call across the nation. I pray, Father, that you will grant them these blessings. And now as they go with these others, may our prayers be together that every one of these now that's going to receive the Holy Ghost, God, some of these share this. Brother Collins, that I know personally, that's hungering and thirsty. His little wife back there crying and begging out to God, just received the Holy Ghost a few days ago. And she wants her darling husband to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, Father, fill him tonight. Oh, God, may he set that country afire with the gospel. Others are standing here, young man, old man, middle-aged, young women, and all. God, may there rise ministers and evangelists and missionaries and, and different uh, workers out of this group tonight, Father. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Oh, the promises are to you and to your children. To them it's far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You promised it, Lord. And they're here to receive it. And Lord, hear my prayer. May there not be one come from that room without receiving the Holy Ghost. Grant it, Lord. May it fall just all over them. And may there be a meeting here that will go through the night and day just pouring out of thy spirit. Grant it, Lord. Hear the prayer of your servant. You said, say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt. But believe that what you've said will come to pass. You can have what you've said. Lord, I pray that every heart that's in condition tonight will receive the Holy Ghost that goes into that room. Hear it, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the minister sure will lead you. Is there somebody there? You, this man right here, this uh, fellow right here, just move right this way now to the room while I deal with the rest of the congregation just a few minutes. Some of the ministers here that wants to go in there, there's people in there instructed. Uh, everyone go right in now to receive the Holy Ghost. And I want you here, you Christian ladies here, just receive Christ right here. I want you going with them now. Go in there. You believe, Brother Branham, for this one time as a servant of God. You go in there and say, Lord, give me that eternal life that he's talking about. You will receive it. Everybody will wait for you. Your loved ones will wait. You go in, honey boy. I pray that God will make a preacher out of you, sweetheart, that will save souls in the days that is to come. That's right. Oh, Jesus is calling, he's tenderly calling today, Jesus is calling, calling of you like to follow them, go right in there as believers, going right in now to receive the Holy Ghost. Won't you go with them? You're invited.
God, do you feel real good? Don't the gospel just scour you out and you feel like it's you're just refreshings from the presence of God? Don't you feel good? Now, how many out there sick and afflicted wants God to heal them? Let's see your hands. Oh, just look at the hands. A brother and sister sitting here. Are you Christians, both of you, in these wheelchairs? Three of you, well, two of you there. Oh, I'll tell you a little something happened the day before yesterday, about three days, four days ago now. I want to say this while they're, they're back in there now. All taken care of. Good. Now they're back in there to receive the Holy Ghost. The ministers are invited now, if they will, to go back with those so they can be instructed in the right way. You ministers now has got the calling of God and wants to see people correctly brought through to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We cordially invite your cooperation at this time. And then invite them to your church. Take them over and baptize them at your baptistry and, and take them into the church. You see, we are, they're yours. You're needed back in the room now. Every gospel minister here. All right. Now, while we're going to pray for the sick just for a few minutes, Mr. Wood had painted my porch the other day, and he, I locked the door and come out the front door and pulled it together when I went out on a sick call. When I come back, my door was locked and I couldn't get in. I had my family in the car. Well, there wasn't but one thing to do is go out and get the hammer and break the window out and go in. So I went out and broke the window out. And when I hit it with the hammer, it just splattered little glass everywhere. Well, my young daughter, Rebecca, they, she goes and sweeps it all up, little beat-up glass, and she sat in the kitchen the next morning when she was washing the dishes. She was talking to her sister, Sarah, and she broke a glass, and she dumped it in the box and some stuff on top of it. And the first thing you know, a little hound come by and got in the garbage can and eat that glass with that food. The poor little fellow was laying on the bank just having fits and rolling over and Oh, I never seen a dog suffer so, and I couldn't find no one he belonged to. And Mr. May next door said, Billy, I believe the best thing for us to do is take him and shoot him. Oh, I said, we wouldn't want to shoot somebody's dog. See, it looks like a nice hound. I said, I wouldn't do that. And he laid around there about four or five days, bleeding, and oh, just in a terrible shape. Little fellow couldn't get up no more. He's just going, I never seen a dog so sick, just jump, jerking like that. And, um, and I said, well, won't you take him out to the veterinary? I said, the veterinary will put him to sleep. So I said, well, there's... No, do you take him to a veterinarian? And little Joseph and I walked out there in the yard and take him some beef broth and things. The little fellow couldn't eat it. He was too sick. Now, this is true, friends. I'm your brother. Joseph looked up to me as if to say, Daddy, can you help him? I said, Joseph, you hold Daddy's hand. I'm going to lay my hand on the little dog. God's my judge. Knelt down and had prayer for that little dog. He got up and ate his supper and went on down to the field, just as happy as he could be. Now, that is true. It wasn't but about 15 feet from where the old mother possum was healed at. That's right, you've heard that story. About 15 feet. If God will hear a prayer for a hound dog, how much more will he hear it for a human being, a child of his, that's washed in the blood of the Lamb? Brother Kidd, sitting there, you know him. You might ask his doctor. He just had about three days to live. Billy said tonight, he was just beating him in the back and said, Boy, I feel fine. That's wonderful. God hears prayer. Do you believe that? How many of you people in here are believers in God's healing power? Let's see your hand. Right? Watch. You know, I got a money order the other day. It was sent to me from heaven. 
Oh, here it is. Mark, the 16th chapter. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All the world, how long, how does it last to every creature? How long will that be that every creature's heard it? Not just the apostles, age, every age. To all the world and to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents or drink deadly things that shall not harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. You believe that? We're rich and don't know it. How many believers are here? These signs will follow them that believe. Then lay your hands on one another. That's all. Lay your hands on one another. We're not divine healers. We're believers. Amen. Christ is a healer. The work's already done. We just have to lay hands on one another. Do you believe that? Lay your hands on somebody by you. Now let's pray. You pray for the person next to you. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for the person next to you. That's it. There you are. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, the way, the truth, the light that made this promise that cannot fail in the light of His gospel, we condemn all sickness. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love. We thank you, Lord, that you are an ever-present help in times of trouble. We pray, Lord, that as we continue to enjoy reading about the character of David and to see how you are establishing his kingdom, Father, to recognize that he knew that once you were working, he didn't need to actually work himself to try and make your promises come to pass, he just could rest and know that you would work everything together for his good. So help us to have that trust in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Turn the other cheek when they slapped him in the face. He opened not his mouth when they made him a disgrace. He willingly walked there when they hung him on the cross. He chose the harder way, he knew what it would cost. Don't wait, choose the harder way While there's blood on
mercy seat Choose the harder way He suffered for your sin and shame He took them all away Don't wait Choose the harder way I've taken many blows I didn't always turn my cheek I've taken ridicule I didn't always close my mouth But I know one thing's for sure That my life's been changed I chose the harder way And my life's been rearranged Don't wait, choose the harder way While there's blood on the mercy seat Choose the harder way He suffered for your sin and shame He took them all away Don't wait, choose Suffered for your sin and shame He took them all away Don't wait Give your life away Don't wait Give your life today While there's blood on the mercy seat Give your life today He suffered for shame he took them all away don't wait give your life today he suffered for your sin and shame he took them all away don't wait give